Hey y'all, I hope you're all doing so, so well today. So I am sitting in my garage right now with my garage door open. So you might hear some birds singing in the background and the wind and the leaves just shuffling on the trees. <laughs> um, I got this really cool garage screen that I'm loving. Today the weather's in the 70s here and I just figured I'd put the screen down and have my door open while I record this quick intro. So y'all, I know Mother's Day has been long gone, but let's just be real and let's just recognize the fact that we should be celebrating moms every day, every day. We should be honoring them, appreciating them, and not taking them for granted. So this episode, I hope that you enjoy it. And it's basically just honoring a mama and a great story from a dear friend of just some realizations that she had, some eye-opening experiences and and life-changing moments um, that she's had with her mom. So Thank you so much for listening and being here and enjoy this episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Rebuild You podcast. I'm your host, Carrie Vasquez. And as a coach, a communicator and content creator, each week, I'll be here to help you rebuild and restore your life, your family and your business so that you can get back to living your purpose through messages and guests. I look forward to becoming your number one podcast, helping you create and rebuild the things that you love. Now let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Rebuild You podcast. I am so excited to have my guest and my friend that I met many years ago, Fedna Morenci physician assistant, and certified nutrition and health coach. So we are so excited to have you, Fedna. Thank you so much for being a part of this family because, you know, that's really what it is. So Thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. We are celebrating mamas. We are going to be talking all about your mom. You're going to share our story. And I'm sure we'll go into just learning so much about you and Uh, how she just really blessed you (laughs) in your (laughs) life and all the lessons you learned from her. Um, And we're really excited about that. And I'm sure we'll dive into other things because we've just been already having great conversations. So (laughs) I am looking forward to it. So how about you tell our listeners, you know, all about you, you know, whatever you want to share with us and how, yeah, how your mom impacted your life. Oh, well, about me, um, I always think that the F in my name stands for faith. Mm. I'm a woman of faith, and I look back, and I look at how um, having faith in God and, you know, has brought me this far mm. and um, met people along the way mm. who's set examples and whose wife that I wa- whose life that I watch flourish um, because of their faith. And, you know, when you're young and impressionable, um, you, you're not sure of yourself and you're not sure of everything. You're still learning about the word. You're still learning about yourself. And you're still being influenced from people um, from all walks of life. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. But, you know, there are some people who's been consistent. And, um, and I'm glad that I've had those people in my life. Mm-hmm. And one of those person um, is my mentor, 
And um, he was close to his mom. And I met him when I was 18 years old. And that's when I left um, home for college. And um, that's also when my parents got divorced. Mm. And they were waiting for me to go to college to divorce. I had a five-year-old sister. Mm-hmm. She's not five anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, there were a lot of things going on back home um, that we didn't know. And I say we because I have no older brother, me and my brother. Mm-hmm. Um, that I didn't find out until recently, to be honest with you. Mm. And it really, really broke my heart. Mm. And it made me realize how um, women don't have enough support Mm. or never believed, Mm. um, disregarded, Mm. especially black women. Yes. Just in the communities, especially if you come from um, an ethnic background where Mm. you are deemed inferior Mm -hmm. or you grew up in a household like that. Right. Um, And that's your mindset. Yes. So... I was a daddy's girl growing up mm-hmm. and I remember being young and I used to go to my mom when I was younger. She would always push me towards my dad. And I remember um, I had a question for her. I remember I was in elementary school and I was asking her about, I don't know what I was asking her about, but I remember I was, I was angry with her because she pushed me towards my dad and I was trying to have like, I think I was, I, I remember just trying to bond with her, mm, trying yeah. to have like a, it's crazy. Like you don't know it at the time because you're so young, right. but you look back, it's like, oh, you know, trying to get close to my yeah. mom, but yeah. she pushed me away towards the mean person. Mm. Um, but she kept pushing me towards my dad. And I think that's how I became a daddy's girl because right. he would always nurture me, mm. um, you know, and just take me everywhere with him when I was younger. Mm. And you know how dads are with their baby girls oh, until yes. they become a teenager because yes. they don't know what to do. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. And um, I mean, that's basically when our relationship started to dwindle. But I think at that time, I didn't know. I still didn't understand. When you grew up in your parents' house, when you are grow up in a house, that is all you know. Yeah. You know, right. exactly. You may see things on TV, see things in school, mm-hmm. but for the most part, that's something consistent that's happening in your life. Right. He was the provider. He was, he did everything, whatever right. he said, I believe. Right. Um, because he's the one that I knew that would like take care of me. But I remember um, when I would ride with him everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I was such a tomboy. That's the thing. I had an older brother. I have an older brother. We're two years apart. I was such a tomboy. I wanted to do everything. I wanted to follow him around. So I, 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 I did sports cause he did sports mm-hmm. and, um, but my mom, like, you know, when it's, you know, be home, cook and clean, that's what they wanted me to do. I wasn't right. about that life. Right. Get out. <laughs> so my dad would like go somewhere. I get in the car with him cause I knew he'll buy me things right. that I asked for. But I remember all those time that I spent with him, um, you know, he would always talk about my mom. And I think it's so important for parents to really be careful about how, they talk about one another because um, more is caught than what is taught, mm, mm-hmm. you know? So you are, whatever, you know, kids are catching things. They're listening. And you, and you think they ain't listening, but, uh, they, those talks, but they are. You know, they, they remember later what was happening. 
they may not be able to make sense of it now, but mm-hmm. that's why you talk so that they can remember yes. um, later on in life, yes. you know, and make sense out of it. Mm-hmm. But I remember, um, you know, I had that anger in my heart for my mom since I was a little girl. Mm. And then um, it didn't help the way that my father would talk about her. And mm. I think part of it is like, his culture, like his father died, he was nine. Mm. So it's just him and his brothers. Mm-hmm. And I think you see the impact of a male not having a father figure around. Right, right. And I think as I got older, um, I started to understand the dynamics more. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think what also helped me was my education and, mm. I, and seeing patients all the time as well, yes. listening to women, talking to them. And um, so my anger for him, because I feel anger too, you know, we get so angry at our parents and even when we're in our our 20s, we still don't understand. And if you don't keep people around you who are, who's encouraging you Mm -hmm. and just, um, you know, to see things in a different light Mm -hmm. and in hopes that one day you will understand. Mm -hmm. And my mentor has always been there. And I think he was there when I would, you know, not say positive things about my mom when I was younger mm-hmm. because, you know, I was 18. All the blame was on her. I remember mm-hmm. those calls I had with my dad. Mm-hmm. She was being blamed for everything and mm-hmm. I never heard from her. Right. But in the meantime, she was struggling mm-hmm. with my sister. You know, mm-hmm. she was being, you know, she was divorcing. Mm-hmm. Well, he was divorcing her and she was struggling. I didn't know that because mm-hmm. we never heard from her. Right. But I sure never heard from him and just blaming everything on her. Mm-hmm. So now being how- a way... How old were you when your mom, when you remember like your mom pushing you off to your dad? Seven or eight. Okay. And then how old um, were, so what your dad would say negative things about your mom? Or was it like negative or positive things or just complaining? (laughs) You know, when I look back, it's negative because she was being blamed for a lot of things. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. And um, and it's interesting because with adult eyes, I look at it as, you know, maybe this is why marriage don't work out. Mm-hmm. You know, people don't have the same goals in life. Mm-hmm. They're unequally yoked mm-hmm. and there's blame going around. Right. It's not going to work. Did your mom ever come like blame your dad for anything or you guys just never really developed that type of relationship at that time? One thing about my mom, you know, she was, you know, we always thought she was mean. It wasn't that she was mean. I think she was fighting and we didn't understand. Mm -hmm. That's how she fought. My mom come from a place where, you know, education was not available. Mm -hmm. She came from a place where she was taught how to cook and clean Mm -hmm. and provide you know and take care of the kids mm-hmm. and, and I think um, like you said a lot of times women um you know in different cultures um you know women of color you know they're silenced like they're not really allowed or supposed to speak especially right. about the head of the home right or, or right the the right home. right so she, I, I I think she was taught that the that the man takes care of everything mm-hmm. he makes all the decisions and looking back that's how she was mm-hmm. Um, you know, and my mom is not, you know, like my mom is Haitian. She's from Haiti. Mm -hmm. I never met. I was talking to my cousin from my mom's side, Mm -hmm. um, not too long ago. We've 
we've never really been close. Um, and but I recently met with him a few weeks ago. I was like, can you tell me about my grandparents from my mom's side? I'm like, I've never met them. She's like, it's like you met them when you were a kid, when you were in Haiti. I came to the States when I was seven. I'm like, well, I've been here since I was seven. I don't I don't remember anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and he and he was telling me how wonderful they were. Um, and he doesn't understand why my mom was so mean and he doesn't understand why, you know, um, he was also born in Haiti and he came here when he was 18. And I remember seeing him and, um, somewhat meeting him when I was in high school, but he never came around. We we wasn't close or anything. And I think my father intentionally did not want my mom's family involved in our lives. Mm. I didn't really meet any of her family members mm-hmm. until like 2019. Wow. Why was that? Yeah. Why do you think your dad, like, do you think your dad isolated your mom? 100%. Why? And I got, yeah. and I got confirmation from that from my cousin. Mm. Why was um, that? Do you know now why he, why that happened? Uh, <laughs> Yeah. I think a lot of times, um, I'm, I'm going to say this, a lot of times women, men underestimate the strength of a woman. Mm. They think they can manipulate her because of what she doesn't have or doesn't possess. Mm-hmm. And I think because like her family's like, like in Haiti and Bahamas and, um, he wanted to just isolate that's what he does you know he isolate people is it a controlling thing like just to control i think he's a narcissist you know and i and i learned that when i became an adult Mm. Mm -hmm. um you know of his behaviors because um you know when when we had arguments and when we had disagreements and um, I would try to talk to him, be like, hey, you know, you did this, it's wrong, this is how it made me feel. Disregarded it. Mm. Like it didn't matter at all. Mm. And um just you know, his his responses towards things, I kind of started to be like, wow, mm. this ain't going anywhere. Mm. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. When we're kids, we look at our parents with kids' eyes. Mm-hmm. That's all we know. Yeah. When we're adults, when we're men and women, we're looking at our parents as men and women. <laughs> I'm looking right. at them with grown woman eyes. Yes. And I started to remember how he treated my mother, how he treated my stepmother, ex-stepmother. Mm. And um, I saw a pattern. Mm. And I said, well, wow. And I... I'm his child, but it doesn't matter. Like some men, when you stand up to them, I said, no, no, they, they don't mm-hmm. respond well to that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know what? I just remove myself away from this situation because yeah. I seen this play out. Mm-hmm. It didn't work well. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, th- it's different for me because I am the kid. I grew with the family, you know, his family. Yeah. And, um, but at the same time, I didn't like what was happening and I wanted whatever relationships that can remain intact. Um, it was better for me to remove myself because I'm not gonna be able to change my father or whatever. I had to remove myself, um, recognize why I was doing it. And I made an attempt to amend things, Mm -hmm. but I think we have to recognize, um, you know, 
People are people. Even adults are accountable for their own actions. Mm, All right. I don't care who they are. Mm -hmm. They're still accountable. God will hold them accountable. Mm -hmm. Um, Just do your part. Do what you can. Pray for people. Yeah. But when people are not concerned for your mental well-being, for your well-being, for your peace of mind, you have to take look at things from that perspective. Here I am. There's about 3% of people who look like myself in my profession. Um, I There's not a lot of family support. And here, here, here's my family fighting with me. I'm being be, beaten up at work mm-hmm. from family far away. Where's my support system? Who cares right. about Sedna? Right. And that's when I really had to dive um, deep in, um, and, um, still not, you know, this whole time, my relationship with my mom has not been well. Mm. And I look at her background and it for me, it was like an internal fight because mm-hmm. all I knew was to blame her for everything. Mm. Now, <laughs> you know, my mom was like, you know, she didn't have support. That's mm-hmm. the best way that I can put it. Mm-hmm. And the way that she came off, it may not have looked good, but she was fighting. Mm-hmm. She's, she has so much strength. Yeah. And I'm able to look back and say, wow, that's what she was doing. Mm-hmm. She was right. fighting. Yeah. She persevered and she's still here. Yes. Now, when did your relationship with your dad take a turn? Like where you started mm-hmm. to realize... It was in my 20s, my mid-20s. I think when we're so far away from our parents, and I, you know, and and this can go for anybody, we have to recognize in order to really know and understand people, Mm -hmm. there needs to be some consistency Mm -hmm. of you talking to them, being involved in their lives, knowing what's going on, Mm -hmm. seeing them so not just to hear their voice over the phone and get a, you know, and get a sense of their tone, but seeing them, what do they look like? What are they going through? How is it affecting their health? Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I remember the the turn, this is so interesting, the turn for the worse, um, the same time things went down with my dad, that's when it's somewhat was starting to come up with my mom. Okay, good. That was my next question. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, which is like, it's ironic, right? Like that. It's so that, ironic. Yeah. Because, um, I had a huge fight with my dad and it impacted me. Mm-hmm. Um, it impacted me so much where he was hurting me and he didn't recognize he was hurting me because I was independent on my own doing my thing. And when I was trying to tell him, you know, what he was doing, you know, the way he was impacting me was wrong, which was just impacting me so much in a negative way, mm-hmm. not only in that moment, but for years ahead of me that I sure. didn't know. Yeah, yeah. And um, and my mom, I had asked her for help. And she was just like, sure. And, um, and was it and help with your me. dad or just personal help? Like your, own? it was just personal. Okay. It was just personal, you know, um, 
And to be just a little bit more transparent, it was, um, how do I put this? I was on my way to grad school and um, I was on my way to grad school and I needed some help with grad school. Mm-hmm. Um, my my dad did something that actually affected um, just the process of me obtaining financial mm-hmm. um, needs, funding for school. Sure. And my mom had to like step up and help me. I was like, wow, like I'm surprised she said, yeah, because I hardly talked to her. Mm-hmm. So... When she did that, I'm like, wow, my mom came through for me. I've never known her to come through for me. Mm-hmm. And um, when I gra- graduated uh, undergrad, I've always held it against her that she was not there at my graduation. Mm-hmm. I held it against her for the longest. Mm-hmm. And I talk about it and I told people about it. My mentor mm-hmm. never once hit me why she never came. Mm-hmm. Never that I think about it. My father was probably keeping her apart, mm. keeping her isolated. She had no way of getting there, no nothing. Um, and then remember, things was being, I was given information mm-hmm. to build my anger for yes. her. And the way that my dad would talk about my mom to other people, um, the blame was once again on her. Yes, wow. <laughs> so again, more and that's still so- being, it's so um like almost textbook right narcissists like how they will create this story um about the people that you know they're kind of they target certain people right and yeah. isolate them and and anyone who challenges them anyone who challenges them you is beca- exactly becomes the enemy and and you can and i i love how you mentioned earlier that you just removed yourself out of that relationship or, you know, set boundaries and removed yourself because at the end of the day, there is nothing in the world that you could say that would convince not just your dad, but just in general, right? Like any narcissist that they need to really consider what they're doing or how they're hurting some you or someone. Um, and the best thing you could do if, if you can remove yourself from that is, yeah. is re- I did a whole episode on, on it. And, and yeah. I, think pe- I wish people, it's, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because, um, when I was in Fort Lauderdale a few weeks ago, I met with one of my friends from high school where I was catching up. I was catching up with a lot of people. It was great. Mm. And I was telling her, she asked me about my dad. I'm like, I can't talk to me in yours. And she was like, what? That was your, that was your world when you're in high school. I'm like, girl, what do we know about adults when we're in high school? Mm-hmm. We only know what they tell us. Yeah. You know, you know, my dad, he was a provider, you know, mm-hmm. and he, and he, you know, and what he thought he was doing was right. You know, he would always talk about education to us, but he's, he always praised himself mm-hmm. and downplayed my mother. And I realized that as I got older, so yeah, he was my world because he was the provider. But I remember a lot of times when we were alone, some of the things he were doing, I'm like, as an adult, I'm like, oh, that is wrong. That is just wrong. Um, like, you don't talk to your kids like that. You're supposed to support your kids. And although I talked to, him, to, to my friends, I, I gave a summary, but there were instances I remember that were so hurtful. Um, nobody ever really asked me what me and my dad talk about, you know, when mm-hmm. we're together you know, together, but they knew that I praised him and he was my world mm-hmm. because do you, do you, that's do you, how he made it. I was going to say he created his world. He, that he for, created for him to his world. world. He was yes. my hero. Yeah. Right? He created, he created that created story. Yeah. But I think at the same time, 
parents can underestimate your children. And I think your kids will remember. We get older. If we live long enough, we're going to remember. Because we caught that. Yes. So so here comes your real hero. So she comes in and helps you out with graduate school. Come through to graduate school. That's when I knew. I'm like, all right, I have to try. Mm-hmm. I think what really killed me is, you know, we all have shortcomings. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm sure it's hard. It's I, I don't know if, if this is what you're thinking, but um, is it a feeling of like so much time was lost? It's a feeling of guilt mm. and shame. Mm. And, um, you know, here I am, I, I, you know, like I trashed my mom, mm. you know, cause I made her out to be, yeah, I didn't trash or like call her names or anything, mm. but I made her out to be the bad person. Mm. Never understanding what was really happening in the background. Mm. And she never spoke about it because I think she was silenced mm. or I don't know if she was silenced or being silent. When I had an opportunity to listen to her story, like part of it, it really bothered me because it's like, she never told anybody. So we would have never known, number one, you know, some of the things and difficulties she was going through. And uh, number two, you know, I think that was my lesson in like, just be quiet. (laughs) Mm. Um, But you know, it's, it's, it's crazy because I just think God I vented to the right people because mm, they would always so correct me. That's so good. Yeah, that's so, so important. Being quiet is not always right mm-hmm. because if you're quiet, you're not gonna, you know, the people who know better may not know how you're thinking, mm-hmm. what you're thinking, mm-hmm. in order to correct you. Yes. Yeah. And my mentor, he was very close with his mother, and when I would talk about my mom. And I remember so many times I was so angry with her just Mm -hmm. for no reason. Mm -hmm. I think we learn to put the blame on her. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I think, do you, or do you think that as a child, um, or even growing up, even in, you know, your twenties, do you think maybe you were just trying to protect your heart and it was easier to blame her because I mean, I'm sure you must have been thinking, like, does she love me? Why does she treat me this way? So do you think maybe it was just a way of you protecting yourself to just leave the blame on her because you couldn't understand her? You know, what was really going on? Yeah, I mean, I think when she broke my trust, I was angered from a, from that time. I was mm-hmm. angered because I was trying to build. And I remember being angry because mm-hmm. my dad was like a very, like, strict guy. Mm-hmm. And, um... But my mom kept pushing me towards him. So that's what happened. And I think, you know, the little girl in me didn't understand that. But I had a father who was nurturing me at that time. Right. And she probably knew that if she even tried to step into that space, that she'd probably have to then deal with your father if she well, tried I, to. I mean, I I remember her, you know, she would stand up for herself. I remember okay. some of the things that she would say about my dad. The difference is what she would say would always be true. <laughs> One thing about my mom, you know, I, I can tell when she's being honest. <laughs> Let you just know your parents. Yeah. 
The biggest thing I can say is I just remember a woman I have in a support system. Mm. Hero. Yeah, that's so hard. For her to survive all of that. Oh, Not yeah. have family around. Yeah. Um, being isolated, you know. She, I think her hope was her kids. Mm. Mm-hmm. And um, so... I remember, like, sometimes when I was away, because I lived in Jersey after grad school, mm-hmm. she came to my graduation in 2014. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it, it was so hard because it's like, you know, minority families sometimes, they suffer so much because everybody's going through the different stages and there's just not enough support system. And sometimes they don't know where to go and get the resources. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so the whole family's in shambles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I remember just, ang- I was still somewhat angry with her when she would call me. She wouldn't call me enough. Mm-hmm. And when she called me was when she needed something. And I think it's just, it's just what she knew. And I would have these talks with her and I'll tell you, Carrie, mm-hmm. The thing is that at least we stayed in communication. It was a fight to get somewhere. Yeah. And it was a good fight because we were in there. Mm. It was like I never really gave up on her. I was That's fighting. Good. That's good. And um, whatever I was fighting for, you know, it's here. Mm-hmm. And um, when my sister moved out the house, I was like, crap. Like, my mom is going to be alone now. Mm. Let, you know, let me go home. I have, like, two months off work. Let, I'm going to go home and spend some time with her. And I wanted to, you know, the thing is, I would go home a lot. Um, when I was able to go home from, you know, from Jersey to, like, you know, go home to Florida, mm. I would go home every three months or every four months, spend some time with my mom and my sister. Mm. When COVID happened, I don't think I saw them that whole year. Mm-hmm. So when I had some time off, um, I went and spent it with them. Prior to that, it was still a lot of like, it it wasn't enough phone calls. The communication wasn't enough. And I had to explain that, um, you know, to my mom and my sister. I'm like, you know, I'm like, you know, growing up, there was no dialogue. Everybody was working. Mm -hmm. There was just not enough time spent with one another, talking Mm -hmm. to one another, and I had to explain that to them. Like, you have to kind of, if you notice an issue, you have to try to communicate where they yeah. can understand it. Like, yeah. if you want to convey it in a way that 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 your audience will understand, you're yeah. going to have to kind of, like, yeah, in a way yeah. they can understand. Right. But it took right. many prayers, you know. Yeah. It took many prayers, um, having the right mentors, mm-hmm. and, um always wanted that with my mom I've, I've yeah. always craved it it took many many prayers yeah yeah um and I think that a lot of um like again like I think I think we're raised at least I know with my family too you know um and and my family's from Puerto Rico but yeah I think with like uh, black families you know uh people of color women you're raised to just like you shouldn't talk about your problems right yeah. and i think it's so many there's so many cultures um where you know it either the problems oh our problems stay in the family or they don't leave this house you know there isn't really this push for um counseling or therapy 
or, you know, the family, you know, coming together to kind of like work through things. Mm-hmm. And especially if there's division, it's even harder. Oh right? my gosh. Because then and it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. one working against each other. Yeah. So it's right. hard. And and you have, and your mom, I'm sure I can relate um, in so many ways, like with my grandmother and my mom and my relationship with my mom. And it's like, you have years and years and years of like ingrained in their head of like communication. What's that? Like communication right. is just, if I need something, I speak. Otherwise, shush, you know? That's exactly what it is. And I started to understand that. But, you know, I'm a millennial in the way that I grew up. Um, You know, like, when my dad was home, he took me places with him. Um, I spent a lot of time in school. And, you know, I I just remember, like, things from school and whatnot. But I've always kind of, like, was never really afraid to speak for the most part. Sometimes I was. Um, and I think it's so important to speak because if you're around the right people, they can intervene and point you in the right direction. Yes. Dangerous to be silenced yeah. and be silent. Yes, yes. And I think Very it's dangerous. important um, for like someone like your mom, which I think you started to create this in like pursuing her. Um, people that have been in um, somewhat of abusive relationships or narcissistic relationships or, you know, whether it's emotional, mental abuse, whatever, like they really need a safe space and and feel safe, right, to be able yeah. to like share uh, because I know I've or I've seen an experience like the moment they feel like rejected or they feel like they are, you know, almost like it, it, they they retreat back mm-hmm. to like their old ways. Oh my gosh! If they if they don't feel safe, so creating that safe space um, to have that open communication is so important. And it sounds like like that's what you started to do with your mom. Like, hey, like right. let's talk about um, this. Right. So you know, being a healthcare professional, um, you know, I love seeing people. I love listening to them and talking to them, but being around a lot of my friends and their families and seeing their interaction with their mothers, with their families, um, you know, I may not have had the best relationship with my mom, but listen, I, I have a mom, she's there and I'm praying about things and hopes that someday things will get better, but it's a, you know, the more that I prayed and the more that I read, the more that, um, and the more that I reached out to her, we would, you know, our conversation started small, mm-hmm. would be seconds, turned to minutes, um, you know, a few times per month to once weekly to now. I think about her all the time. I'm like, I got to call, make sure she's okay. Yeah. And, um, you know, I just, um, when, when I had the opportunity which I did these past two months. I'm like, you know, praying is good, but we know prayer without, you know, work is dead. Mm-hmm. You prayed. What is working? Working is, well, you prayed about it. Um, now you're going to make some, you know, small talk. Mm-hmm. Now you want to make an effort to spend some time with the person. They may not know how to communicate, but as a healthcare professional, you meet a lot of people who don't want to speak about things, but you can tell through their body language. You can tell yeah. things, um, you know, by their facial expressions, by the tone of their voice. You can get a whole picture mm-hmm. when you're around a person. Mm-hmm. 
you know. Um, and if I'm doing this, if I'm doing this with my patients, you know, I always think about my mom when I'm just around other people, because mm-hmm. I'm always like, wow, like, you know, she's getting older. And when it really hit me was that I wanted to step up even more when her sister died of a stroke in 2019, it brought the family together. That's when I started to meet most of her family. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I met a lot of my cousins I'd never met before. Mm-hmm. And it started to make me think about my family's history. I'm like, oh, there's longevity more so on my father's side than on my mom's side. Mm-hmm. And her her um, her sister died in, at 63 years old and my mom is in her 60s so I'm like you know I want to spend as much time with her as I can and really really you know put forth that effort that I've been talking and thinking about and praying about yeah um so I was home these past two months with her I was with Mm -hmm. her Mm -hmm. spent time together we were riding a car together I took her car Mm -hmm. (laughs) so I dropped her off work (laughs) Go do my business. And Hold on. Her. Your mama's still working? Yeah. What does she I mean, do? What does she do? She's a housekeeper. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, I don't know a lot of women in their 60s who don't work unless yeah. they come from money. Yes. So that was my other question I was going to say. When your dad divorced her... You know, it, has she been doing housekeeping from way back then? She's always been a housekeeper. Okay, that's awesome. You know, that's you know that's what she knows, but that's where a lot of people in her community yeah. work. So she likes it, right? Because she gets to see her friends. That's wonderful. Who speak her language. It's yes. just not work for her. Yes. It's her community. Yeah, and I think. Um, and I think without her children being around all the time, yeah. she would feel more isolated. Oh, yeah, so absolutely. Her, that is that is her piece, yes. going to see her friends and talk and hang out with them. That's awesome. Um, so I spent this time with her. The thing is that I think a lot of times we have these fantasies and desires for our family members. And I'm going to say family members because that's like when parents push kids to, to, to do something that they have no desire about, like they have no passion about. Mm-hmm. I have, you know, I still think my mom can do so much for herself. Mm-hmm. I want to push her, but she may not want to be pushed. She may not want to do this, want to do that. Yeah. I was trying to push her to do so many things. Mm-hmm. And um, then I realized I started to get frustrated. Then I started to calm down and be like, well, you can't force her to do something she's not passionate about and she doesn't want to do. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to accept her for who she is, mm-hmm. you know, love her unconditionally for who she is. And, um, you know, and she's still accountable for her actions. You know, you can talk to her and talk about things, but at the end of the day, she'll understand, you know, she's an adult and this is, it's just the way it is. Yeah. So I had peace with that at first. Like mm, what I want from her, for, for her may not be what she wanted for herself. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And you're such a go-getter. Like I, I, you are like so passionate about like, you know, just life and business. I'm very and passionate about life. You yes, you are. And I think it's so hard and I can relate to that because I went through that period of like, 
Um, you know, especially like when I went through like my coaching certification, everything where it was like, oh my goodness, like, this is so amazing. And, and, you know, and you're looking at all the people around you and I'm like, and you should do this and you could do this and you could do more and you could, you know, and I, I got to this place where I had to realize like, my calling is not everyone else's calling. And like, God has called me to this, but he hasn't called them and them and them and them and them to this, you know? Yeah. And I had to like come to like a place of peace to realize like, you know, if she is doing housekeeping and she loves caring for people's homes and that's her passion and that's where her heart lies and that's her calling, like it took a while to get to a place of like, you know, and, but yeah, but God's been really teaching yeah. me so much right. about that. <laughs> I mean, so much happened in those two months for me trying to push her to, you know, to want the best for herself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I recognize, you know, my mom is very strong. It's, it's her strength that got her to this point. I think that's where I get my strength from. Yeah, I was, really I was I literally going to say that to you. I think, you know, sometimes um, it's like the silent, even though she was silent many times, there was like that silent strength that I believe you know, she definitely passed on to you, I'm sure. Yes, absolutely. I 100% agree. Mm -hmm. So I wanted this for her and that for her, but you know, that's not what she wanted. Mm -hmm. But I saw in her ways, um, how she showed me, she loved me. She, you know, I love to eat. She'll cook for me. I was being school. I had to cook. She'll make me breakfast before she go to work. Although I'll be home all day trying to get things done. Still make breakfast for me. She'll make my favorite ginger tea. Oh, it'll be so on the stove sweet. for me. Um, she'll make, she'll, she'll, she'll buy things that I like and just make for me. And that's her way of showing me that she loves me. She knows what I like to eat. She's going to prepare for me. Mm-hmm. And that's her love language for her daughter. Yeah. Like, I know you're here to eat. I'm going to feed you because that's what she wants to do. Yes. That's so cool. And, 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 and um, and I had to appreciate that, you know, yes. like I, I noticed that this is her way of saying, I know you and this is how I know how to show you. I love yes. you. Yes. And um, I was trying to buy her house, not just me, but I think my, my own brother was also trying to buy her house. It was just, that's another story. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I was trying to get her one of those 55 and older community mm-hmm. and um, it, 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 it didn't plan out mm-hmm. the way I wanted it to. Um, because of the time, mm-hmm. I didn't have that much time to get it. I had like a few weeks, mm-hmm. but, um, I was talking to my cousin a few weeks ago and he said, I never see my aunt so happy. Mm-hmm. She called me up and she was just bragging about how my daughter's looking for house to me. <laughs> it brought so much joy to my heart because it's like, so good. she felt loved and cared for. Yes. Yes. That is so special. That is so special. And it's so powerful. I think it's so amazing when you can, um, you know, build a relationship or rebuild a relationship. Like, it's never too late, you know? No, it's never too late. You know, as long as there's breath in your lungs, you know, (laughs) it's never too late. So I think that is so, um, it's amazing. Um, and it's like you said, it's only getting better from here. That's it, it is. It's only, you know, we were doing things we've never done before. We went shopping together peacefully, oh. joking around and laughing. So My last day in Florida before I came to South Dakota 
was um, we went shopping. I'm like, Mom, let's go. I, you know, I need some clothes. You know, so she was there being the judge. Um, it was nice to have that moment because I, you know, when I do get married, I always picture my mother and my sister helping me pick out my dress. Yeah. And um, it was nice to see. It was funny because I was trying things on and she was right there. Yeah. And the funny thing, she was sitting on this ottoman. And I remember in my dream of dreams, mm-hmm. I picture her sitting on an, on, on, on an ottoman. Mm-hmm. Um, watch me try my dresses. <laughs> yes, that's <laughs> my so wedding dresses. Awesome. That is so awesome. So, um, you know, it's amazing. I think um, the things that I've been working and praying towards mm-hmm. and putting forth the effort. I, I think sometimes when we want to put in effort, the effort that we want to put in other people's lives, it's not just us. Mm-hmm. They're involved too. Mm-hmm. Let's not try to give yeah. everything we're passionate about, everything we care for, mm-hmm. push it on them. Yeah. No, it's a relationship. And when it comes to relationships, mother, daughter, boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wives, it takes two. Mm-hmm. It takes respect. It takes boundaries. Yes. It takes acceptance. Yes, absolutely. It takes prayer. It's not just talking about putting an effort. And, and it's not about what you want mm-hmm. it's yes. about what is best for the relationship right. yeah. sometimes and a lot of times in relationship we think about ourselves but it's about what can we do right. for the other person how can we honor the other yeah. person it takes sacrifice. you gotta come from a place of selflessness mm-hmm. you know in a, in a place of grace yeah i came to realize my shortcomings my mother's shortcomings are very different, but they're still shortcomings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? Yes. Yeah. That's good. That's so, so good. It's a two-way yeah. street, you know? And like you said, it does. It takes so much sacrifice from from both parties, you know? And um, I love how you've taken your experience, you know, even just when you're talking about your patients and how you dealt with them and, you know, you're able to take it and translate all that and say, wait a minute, you know, Everyone communicates differently and everyone, you know, shares differently and the body language and, you know, how do I bring this back to my relationship and um, build and develop, you know, something that you've always wanted, you know, with your mom and needed and desired, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and um, it's it's funny because when I was having all these fights with my father um, was years before, a few years before I went to, you know, and again, it, it, it started and it was progressing. I was getting like all this kind of information I didn't know before. Mm. So because I come from a very male dominated family, like mm. if you're a woman in my family, you're, you're going to come out tough and strong. Right. That's how you survive. That's yeah. just how it is in the family. Yeah. It is what yeah. it is. <laughs> and I remember um, I was going to therapy before therapy became acceptable in our community, mm. okay? Mm-hmm. I was going before all this mental health. Yeah. Um, mental health awareness mm-hmm. was normalized. Yeah. Um, and acceptable. Mm-hmm. And... I was in my late 20s, maybe 30, and 
I was, um, and the reason I went was because when you're in school, you have all these rotations. And um, when you're taking care of people, you're, they come in with one problem, but a lot of times, at least you think they're coming in with one problem. Mm-hmm. And they may come from an ache here, mm-hmm. but they come in from an ache here, mm-hmm. a concern here. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're talking to them, you're listening to them, and you're taking all of that mm-hmm. in. And um, I, I just remember all those things just from... From, just from school and my experience and something triggered me to um, to seek help. The reason I wanted to seek help was because I recognized that these bad relationships I have with the men in my family, that can seep into my own personal relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so true. And the reason I started going was because I wanted to release that. I wanted mm-hmm. to get help. Yes. Because I cared about my mental well-being. And I needed yes. to, under, to know that all this baggage that I have, mm-hmm. it stops with me. Yes. Right Amen. here, right now. In Jesus we ain't bringing that into the new life and yes. what God is promising us. We ain't going to bring that into relationships because I'll be out here living my best life with my boo. Yes, I am that claiming that with you. Claiming it with you. Let me tell you, because I, I want to live my best life. Yes. But I, I want to be honest and I want to be transparent. Mm-hmm. One thing about me is I am a very transparent person. It, it allows me to just be at peace with myself Mm -hmm. because I'm honest with people. If I don't like you or, you know, I'm more mature now. So, you know, if I recognize we're not getting along for whatever, you know, the back would tell you, you ain't going to get along with everybody. Just get along with those you can and keep it it moving. It is what it is, you know, different personalities. Mm -hmm. You know, if I like you, don't like you or whatever, you know, I want to be at peace. Yes. And, you know, Peace of mind to me is everything because I need mm. to be able to function every yes. day. And I need my well-being is very important mm-hmm. to my health, my yes. mental wellness. Yeah. It's very important, you yes. know. So, so um, and it's mental yeah. health awareness month too. Oh my god, <laughs> everything is coming together. Yes, it really, really is. It really it is. is. Yes. But you know what? And my mom, I've been calling her. I think something that happened is that. She felt loved and she felt hope. Mm. And I think she recognized that she has her kids. Yes. I feel like she has peace. Yes. That's Anything's so awesome. going to happen. Yes. Her kids got her. Yes. I couldn't wish for anything more than that. that is so she knows awesome. she's okay. Yeah. For once yeah. in her life, she yeah. knows I'm all right. That's awesome. And for me, um, if anything ever happens to her, mm-hmm. I hate that it took this long, but she's here. Yes. Yes. And the scripture that came to mind as you were talking, it's Joel 2.25. So I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the crawling locust, the consuming locust, the chewing locust, my great army, which I sent among you. You shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord God who dealt has dealt wonderfully with you. 
and my people shall never be put to shame. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Then you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel. I am the Lord your God, and there is no other. My people shall never be put to shame. So with that being said, you can also <laughs> get rid of shame and guilt and all of that. Oh, my gosh. But, you know, yeah. it's, it's so true because the anger that I had, it's not there. Mm-hmm. Because we all go through something. Yeah. And I noticed, you know, this behavior is a result of a lack of support system, of a lack of parental guidance. Mm-hmm. You know, there is a lot of whys. Mm-hmm. I think that's why I'm able to speak so freely about it. I'm not speaking out of anger. Mm-hmm. But um, in this life, we all go through something. Mm-hmm. And... Um, You know, what I hear people talk about, oh, be kind, be this, be that. I get it now. Mm -hmm. I totally get it. Yeah. Be kind, but also understand you have to protect your heart. Yeah. Um, Because we can plant the seed. We can water the seed. Mm -hmm. Only God gives growth. So we have to realize we are not Captain Save Them. All right. That's not our job. No, 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 no. Yeah, healthy boundaries are so important. Healthy boundaries are so important. And with that being said, you know, it's like, like you said, you know, it's like as long as you like can examine your heart and say, you know, I have forgiveness in my heart, you know, for my mom, for my dad, I've forgiven and I'm, I'm moving on. Um, and I'm not holding anything against them because at the end of the day, even for your dad, you know, or any person who struggles with control issues or is narcissistic or has their own mental issues, you know, at the end of the day, they have their story, they have their traumas, they have their things that, you know, could have triggered or caused whatever brought them to this place, you know? Um, so it's like, sometimes I love like, uh, Kim um, Jones, Real Talk Kim. And she's like, you know, sometimes you got to love people from a distance. It doesn't matter who they are. Sometimes you need to. to like have, give them a balcony seat so they can just watch you from the balcony, you know? And um, I like that one. Yes. You know, so it's like, it doesn't mean like, hey, it's, you know, sometimes it has to be like, hey, dad, mom, sister, brother, I love you from a distance. <laughs> it is what it is, you know. Yes. I love you from a distance, but you know what? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. God has a plan for each one of us. Yes, he does. Yes, he <laughs> does. I have to surrender the anger. I have to. The oh, thing is yes. that, you know, when they say you leave it at the altar, listen, sis, if you got baggage, put mm-hmm. the baggages down. They were too heavy to be dragging yes. around. Yes, yes, I want to live my best life. I want to yes. be running and flying. Oh. For me, it's so important. There, there's like a world out there that I want to mm-hmm. see. That is what I want to do. Just yes. see the world. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to take a lot of things with me. Yes. You know, I don't want to yeah. take people's burdens with yeah. me. Healthy yeah. boundaries are important. Yeah. And I even have to examine myself. Am I trying to play Captain Save Them? You know, am yeah. I a lot of times the solution to our problem is in the mirror. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So true. So so it true. It is. And you know, you have to take a look at yourself, mm-hmm. be accountable for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and if you can mend relationships Awesome. Great. Oh, yes. I am all Absolutely. for a minute. Yeah. 
codependent relationships. But I am also aware of Mm -hmm. you're responsible for yourself. You don't know how others are going to react or respond to you. Yes. But, you know, um, do your best and keep it moving. And I think if your heart is in the right place, you address and approach the situation in the right way. Mm-hmm. It may not work out in your favor because mm-hmm. you don't know what the outcome is going to be, right. but you need to be acceptable of that, you yes. know? And I think what happened is people are so afraid because they are afraid of being rejected. They're afraid of being wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm not afraid of being wrong. Um, mm-hmm. You have to have a sense of humility, you yes. know, be like my bad, I was wrong or whatever. I'm yeah. not afraid of that. Right. I love my peace of mind. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, you know, and I thank God for a humble spirit. Mm-hmm. I'm not always humble, but yeah. you know, I'm I'm always a work in progress. You all know, of I us. think all of us <laughs> be trials and tribulations to test the things that you claim about yourself. Yes. Okay? So listen, true. Listen. I, listen. I am not like this every day, but I'm I'm aware of who I am, yes. who I want to be. And I'm always going to be tested. Um, Mm -hmm. When I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Yes. Yes. That's so good. And, you know, we got to use wisdom. And and I think that you know, when we're open to what God has for us, we are open to receive the good just as much as we're open to receive the rebuke when we need it. Because I think we all need it at some point in time, you know? Amen. I love how you said that. Because... (laughs) When I think about my sense of peace, when I'm not peaceful is when I have an, an internal mm-hmm. struggle. Mm-hmm. Like, you know you're wrong, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you're trying to fight so hard to be right, but you're still wrong. Yes. It's just a fight. Yes. But be open to the rebuke. Mm-hmm. Be open to the humility. Yeah. Be open to the correction. Right. Because you know what? Once you are open, the healing comes. The healing comes and the growth comes. Yes. And it can't come until you let it go. So just let it go so you can get to the other side faster. (laughs) All has to be revealed if you're going to be healed. Yes. Yes. So So good. Yes. Look, now we're preaching. Now we're going to start preaching on here. (laughs) This is good. I love it. So, um, you know, I was... I look back at myself and I'm known for being reliable. I'm known for, you know being a good friend. And um, I was like, man, I need to put some of my energy into me. Yes. Me 21, two one, I come second to no one. Yes. And, so good. You know, and I feel good that, you know, I am a supporter of um, sister, friend, daughter. Mm-hmm. And I also need to be, you know, responsible for not setting healthy boundaries. If I gave... Mm-hmm too much support and not if I gave too much of myself and not save some of me for me I gotta take some accountability for that so you know what I mean absolutely absolutely we can't we can't pour out right and sometimes we want to get mad at people um and be mad sometimes we have to get mad at ourselves so we won't do it again Mm -hmm. absolutely and then that way we can be okay with saying no Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. saying Yes to everyone and no to yourself. Mm-hmm. You're like giving a piece of everything yeah. of yourself to everybody, and you're left right. with nothing of yourself. Right. You're empty. That's why you yeah. feel empty on the inside. Yeah, exactly. Um, and we love to care for others. As a healthcare professional, we take 
great care of people, but we take the worst care of ourselves. Yes. Yeah. So true. So true. And that's important. It's so important. Mm -hmm. So how are you celebrating your mother this Mother's Day? That's a good question. I just make sure she has what she need. Mm-hmm. I, you know, it was really my hope to get her to house. Be like, oh, forget the house. Love this day. What? What? But it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still a work in progress. She's going to get her home. Yeah. Yeah. Be that's fine. awesome. That's awesome. I'm probably going to, you know, do a video message where we can just talk a little bit more. Yeah. Um, you know, eat something together, just catch up. The thing is that, you know, for me, it's new to have this new relationship of laughing, you know? So the celebration already started before Mother's Day and it's just going to continue. Yeah. There is not a material thing that I can that can replace what we've gained. Absolutely not. And let's just be real. Honestly, if I really can say... Every day is Mother's Day. I mean, oh, yeah. we one way or the other. Now. Yeah. And, you know, and I, I and I say to myself, like, just having my children, and I'm sure your mom probably feels like this, just having the relationship with your children and having your child in your life, like, that right there is like Mother's Day every day for me, you know? Yeah. It means so much, Um so yes, you and the five special. kids, right? Yes, 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 yes. All five. It's, it's, it's such a blessing. And, um, and communication is so important. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the research because I love telling this people, but it's mm-hmm. something about when you're speaking to people, what is the message that is received? Like, I think 70% of it mm-hmm. or something is received from body language. Yes, yes, yes. I have so heard that. People think that they're going to be a relationship through text messages or, mm-hmm. you know, conversations here and there. It doesn't work like that, yeah, you know. Such I a mean, good point. you know, I'm learning that from. That was a perfect example. Yeah. Everything I just talked about was a perfect example. That's Not so being there to want to talk more, to want to be there. But also I had to have this talk with my mom, like whatever issues I have, I have to tell them like, look, mom, you can't just be calling me, you know, when you need this, when you need that. Like, because she's never had that, you Mm -hmm. know, that's not how she was brought up. But I have to teach her how our relationship can be better, who Mm -hmm. your daughter is and who you are. But this is how it's, this is how it's going to work if, if it's gonna work yeah that's good communication that's good. is so important it like is. both parties have to matter yeah and um you have to come with an open heart yeah you can't and I love that you didn't assume that she should just know what you want and what you need you told yeah. her you told her you said this is what our a healthy good relationship looks like for me Right. So I think that's that's another another very important piece of that is just yeah. not assuming that, oh, sh- well, your mom, you should just know. I I actually took the love language test with my kids. I had all my kids take them. I and love that. I yeah, love that. It's book. Uh, it's such a good book. And my one daughter who like seems so like standoffish like you know you talk to her and she just seems like very like all right let's just get to the point and let me go to my room or let's just get to the point and let me go do my thing um her love language was physical touch and I was like what like 
you always seem like, oh, like, don't touch me. Don't hug me. So we didn't do it a lot. And I got to this place. Like when she took this, I was like, oh, my goodness, this poor baby. She's probably been like hungry for like hugs and, you know, that physical touch. And and maybe that's what actually was making her kind of, you know, standoffish um, or not feeling completely loved, maybe, you know. Um, so, uh, communication is so important. I tell everyone to take the, the love language, you know, quiz, um, and you learn each other's love languages and then you just know how to love each other, even on a higher level. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's crazy because they say a lot of things, you know, starts at home. Yes. Yes. A lot of things starts at home. Um, and home is where, you know, if you were brought up with either one parent or two parents, home start with the parents. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I'm home now. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. You know I mean, I feel like I'm home. That's awesome. And I'm able to draw a different perspective about every other aspect of my life mm-hmm. from this new thing me and my mom built. That's awesome. It's just brought so much perspective. I love it. Oh my goodness. That's so amazing. Um, and that is like just the perfect end note, like just feeling like you're home because you've arrived to a place with your mom, like just like full circle, like going back to where it all started. And, um, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So, Tell our audience how, you know, how they can get in contact with you, like what you're pl- working on. Maybe give us a little snap. I know you're doing, yes, you know, your physician assistant, but yeah. Oh, gosh. I'm working on a few things, but um, I'm working. So I started my business, Feds Fit, in my um, mid-20s before I went to PA school. At that time, you know, I was bright and fine. Was, I was, <laughs> the, the bounce back was <laughs> and um that time it was called that's fake get your body right but um now i am revamping the business it's still called feds fit so it's phone is a little bit differently mm-hmm. but it is more so about how um health it's about health nutrition and fitness how nutrition and fitness contributes to your health that's good and feds f-e-d-z-f-i-t-t oh love it okay love it love it love it (laughs) so that is one thing i'm working on and that one is to be honest mainly it's geared towards um minority women in the community because we need good information we need people who really care about us and Mm -hmm. not just selling waist trimmers yes whatever they're called (laughs) i want to give people good information to make informed decision We are inundated with so much information, Mm -hmm. but I think if you have a trusted source, yes, it makes a difference. Waste trainers ain't going to get your health together. Yes. Amen. (laughs) And you know, as much as I would love to have plastic surgery, neither is that. I hear the inside either. Yes. Yes. I hear, you know, I keep telling my husband, can I get a tummy tuck? Can I, you know, and he's looking at me like, no. Um, but the number of people I know who get tummy tucks and then their tummies are right back because they didn't deal with the internal oh, health, right. getting the real health right, you know, before, you know. Right. I 100% agree with you and to each its own, but. Oh, yeah. Sometimes Absolutely. we forget 
we have something in front of us. We need to work with that yes. instead of going outside for yeah. other stuff. Yeah. Work with what you got. Yeah. You know, yes. it's so, on, but you know, you have something in front of you. Yeah. Um, you are what you eat, yes. you know, and what's on the inside is going to manifest on the outside. Yes. Yes. You got to learn how to take care of yourself. You got to learn how to be oh, alive, yeah. be healthy. Yeah. Yeah. If you want your tummy tug, are you going to be healthy enough to have a tummy tug? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And listen, mm-hmm. no judgment here because, like I said, I'm still like on the fence, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But, um, but yeah, that's that's good. So, what's the best way for them to get you? Email, social media? You can definitely email me, um, fed.atc.pa at gmail.com. So, that's fed.atc.pa. ATC Apple Thomas Charlie.pa Paul Apple at gmail.com. Awesome. Um, my Instagram is traveling mm. underscore P. Wait, I forgot. <laughs> if you look for me, Fedna Morenci, <laughs> you'll find me. Okay. Um, I totally forgot my that's my cool. Hand. No, that's fine. I will put it in the show notes so everyone will be able to see. Um, yes, it's actually traveling PA underscore C. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Me. It was a true honor to have you on this honor show. for me. Yes. It's so crazy how we met years ago. Oh my and goodness. Yeah, we met once in a networking group once. and have just stayed connected. And yes. now here we are. Yeah. This is awesome. I just, I love your story. I love celebrating your mom. My heart really like felt you in the sense of like yearning for that relationship with mom and like, and now I just, I'm so grateful that for, you know, it's been a few years that my mom and I, you know, we still have our moments where I'm like, all right, mom, I I need to love you from a distance right now. (laughs) But, um, but we have such an awesome relationship. So so that is, um, I just love your story. I love your story. So thank yeah. you for sharing. Yeah, I'm glad I was able to share. Yeah, thank you. Thank you all so much for listening to the Rebuild You podcast. I hope that I have served you on the highest level. If I have, please be sure to give this podcast a review, share the episodes, and give them a great rating so that I can continue to serve you and others. For more about me and my services, like my coaching, the monthly coaching group, and my book, Recreate Your Love, feel free to visit my website, www.rebuilduniversity.com. And you can also email me at rebuildupodcast at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you. My heart is always to serve you with so much love and connection. Have an amazing week and be sure to come back next week for another awesome episode.